Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello, hope you're well and have had a good start to the day. Well, what a week it's been, hey? The sun has been shining, it's been a scorching uh, week, the first week of September here in the UK. Quite unusual for us, where we've had such a drab summer and now the sun's out. Typical, sod's law, isn't it? The kids go back to school and the sun comes out. Right, it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy week uh, for me. I thought I'd give you a quickly weekly roundup, given that I've had some feedback to say that you enjoy listening to my personal stories of what's going on in my life. Well, I will indulge you, if I may, uh, given the feedback that I have. So, schools are back this week, and it uh, started off on Monday with our littlest back to school. And this term is uh, going to take some it used to because we've got four kids going to four different schools. So a bit of a logistical nightmare, but hopefully uh, we will get there. So I uh, little started on Monday. That was not too bad because he was already he's going to, uh, staying at the same school he was at. He's going into year five, I believe. And then my daughter, number three, who wasn't too well over the summer, she started her new school, new secondary school in Southampton. Now, we live in Fairham, which is kind of in between Portsmouth and Southampton. And getting into Southampton is a bit of a nightmare, uh, particularly where the school is. And then getting out is also a bit of a nightmare. But we decided that for the first few weeks of a new school, or first term at least, we would uh, take her and pick it up. But already that's proving to be a bit of a nightmare. Early morning starts, um, well, kind of early morning for me, leaving around sort of 7.20am. But then uh, we don't get to school until about 8.20. And then I sit in traffic again to try and get to the gym from there. So by the time I get to the gym, it's like 9.15. And I'm sitting in the car for nearly two hours, which isn't sustainable. So we're looking at other options. Um, but at the same time, my routine has gone out of whack. And quite, I was quite enjoying my routine, as you know, of my morning walk and then dropping the kids at closer to eight o'clock and then go to the gym from there. And then after the gym, going to my coffee shop, doing my deep work until around uh, half 12, where I then head to the office to do my afternoon coaching call. So that's all gone out the window and I've got to adapt to a different routine. So I've been trying a few, uh, you know, a few different coffee shops so far. Uh, another gym, well, it's the same kind of chain of gyms. Uh, so near my office, which I go to, and then visiting uh, a coffee shop. But it's not quite the same because I quite like the independent coffee shop. Got used to their coffee and their vibe, and the ones around kind of my office where after I drop my daughter, they're not. Uh, yeah, it's kind of more of a change. I did try a couple of independents, but then on one of them, the AC wasn't working. In another one, I wasn't too keen on the coffee. So, a bit of trial and error this week with the coffee shops and the whole routine thing. Anyway, that was Monday, and I went to the office, uh, did the team meeting that we do on Mondays. What else did happen? Oh, I've got something to report about the client that I mentioned to you last week. Remember I said that I got back into doing the prospect calls, and we had a really good one that came... Uh, um, that to us that uh, was promising and I was quite hopeful that she would sign up after the second call with my team member so I will let you know how that uh, went uh, later on in this episode. A Tuesday, uh, so first week of the month is when I do all of my 
pack member sessions, or most of them anyway, I have my mastermind call, that is a group coaching call with my small mastermind group of practice owners who are larger firms or wanting some more support, direction and accountability. Really great group of peeps and we had a good session on Tuesday talking about all things from you know winning business, what's working at the moment, uh, different tactics to recruitment challenges and how some of the members are... Uh, uh, what they're facing and how some of the members are overcoming them. We talked a bit about outsourcing and offshoring. Uh, lots of great conversations happen in those meetings and lots of uh, uh, actionable takeaways that people can take from them, from hearing what uh, their peers are doing and learning from the experience in the room, which goes into the you know the tens of uh, years in terms of the collective experience of the group. So that was great. That was my Tuesday mainly and then Wednesday is my monthly deep dive mentoring session for members of the pack and this week uh, month's session was all to do with how to price and deliver VFO that's virtual finance office and VFD virtual finance director services which went down really well uh, unsurprisingly because that and my teaching on how to price one-off projects are by far and away the two things that have earned myself and my members a huge return on investment in terms of fees generated therefrom. So in terms of VFO and VFV type clients, many of my members have used my process and the brochures. And if you're listening to this and you're a pack member and you haven't got done your brochure yet, then what are you waiting for? Hopefully that session, if you attended, uh, gave you the prompt that you needed to go and take action. Go and get your brochure done. Get your uh, watch the sales training masterclass and hone in on those skills in order to be able to position the service, communicate the value of the offering and then price the value of that. Because that's all to do with just in a nutshell, it's all to do with us taking on more of the bookkeeping type work. So if you're an accountant who's just doing year-end, mainly year-end, then that model is going to die soon. Not completely die, but what I mean is it's going to become low value uh, because it'll become a commodity. And when that happens, you will get serious price pressure. So the value really is in us handling more of the the bookkeeping type stuff, the internal finance function stuff, which I have coined as the virtual finance office, and actually taking on board that full finance function role. Because when we do that, we become highly integrated with the client, the client becomes reliant upon us, it enables us to... uh, create those lasting client relationships because we're talking to our clients regularly and enables your team to develop closer client relationships with your clients as well so all in all that is where the landscape has been shifting we've been doing it you know for a number of years now cloud technology allows us to do this with any clients anywhere in the country and that is what helps us to generate high five-digit recurring fees so our typical fees are in excess of ten thousand up to about sixty seventy thousand some of my members they even got fees of 180,000 of managing a group of uh, businesses and doing all their bookkeeping and management accounts and cash flows and things like that. So that's where the value lies. And we did a deep dive session on that one Wednesday. Now, if you're a pack member and you missed it, you have the recording available to you to watch in your library. Thursday, Thursday again is um, so I have uh, the Tuesday session is mastermind. Wednesday is the deep dive mentoring session, and then Thursday I host the first lunch and learn of the month. And in our lunch and learn sessions, which are weekly sessions, normally hosted by a member of the pack, 
The first one of the month is hosted by me, and this is a all-cameras-on session for all members of the pack, not just a Mastermind members. Again, where we come on and we share ideas, anyone can ask any questions, either relating to the session, the deep dive session that I did the day before, or any other question they may have, and there's lots of good sharing that goes on that on win, in terms of sharing wins, in terms of uh, talking about any potential uh, new software on the horizon, any uh, strategies that are working for winning clients, for recruitment, building systems, and anything really that is uh, of uh, of of relevance to to practice owners. So lots of value that uh, members get in those sessions. Anyway, that was my Thursday. I also on the Thursday before that session, I attended a lunch f- for zero with zero. Rather, well, I was invited. They were holding a lunch only five minutes away from my office. So I thought I'll I'll, I'll come along. Um, don't normally go, go to these things, but given there was only five minutes away from where my office is, I thought I would come along. Took some books with me as well to me, uh, given that there were going to be some uh, other fellow accounting practice owners there as well. Sadly, it was a disappointing turnout. There was only about uh, nine people turn up in the end. Uh, so I don't think zero will be rushing to do those again but they decided to change the venue because they had it in last year in Bournemouth and people complained that it was too far to get to so they changed it this time to Eastleigh which is in between uh, Southampton and Portsmouth quite easy to get to but the turnout wasn't great but I was quite disappointed with Zero's structure of the event they we kind of got there it was it was 11 to 3 but we got there at 11 I had to leave any early anyway because I had my lunch and learn session at one o'clock and so I was hoping I'd maybe even get the starter and then leave but I thought there might be some kind of structure to do it there might be some kind of talk at the beginning but there was nothing we kind of got there at 11 chit chat but that chit chat didn't really stop and we were just talking amongst ourselves up until about 12.45 when I said I had to go and then, we, then they were just about to sit down for their meal so a bit of a bizarre experience not sure what um, you know what Zero had in mind um, they didn't really do themselves any favours uh, I don't think by hosting that kind of event, there was no real value add for the uh, for the people that, are, that attended. And some had come from far and wide. I mean, I only had to come five minutes, but some had come from as far and wide as uh, Wiltshire and Bournemouth, which was you know over an hour away. Um, so yeah, a bit disappointed with zero, and I guess that led me on to thinking about this topic title for this session, which you're probably wondering after about nine minutes uh, when is we are gonna, ever going to get into it? Zero versus QuickBooks. On the subject of QuickBooks, I'm actually attending a few roadshows for QuickBooks in the month of October. They're holding Get Connected events and they've invited me to speak along with a few others at events up and down the country. I think kicks off with Brighton on the 4th of October and then we're at uh, Glasgow the following week, Reading I believe that same week and then uh, Cheltenham I'm doing but then I fly off to Dubai so I won't be able to make the Leeds event but I'm doing four events so if you are in either of Glasgow or Brighton or Reading or Cheltenham try and come along to those events I think they're free and uh, yeah say hello I'll be there so it'll be good to see you if you are around any of those areas Anyhow, yeah, and, and there's a bit more structure going on with the Get Connected events. There's a bit more promotion. It's you know, it's got a bit of obviously you know QuickBooks promo in terms of their product talks and people from QuickBooks. But they're also supplementing that with getting people from uh, you know people like myself to again add value to the audience in terms of the other challenges and uh, relevant matters facing accountants. So yeah, it feels like QuickBooks are a bit on the ball, more on the ball uh, at the moment. 
But in terms of, you know, zero versus QuickBooks, that hot debate, which one do you use? Which one should I use? Or a question was asked in our Lunch and Learn the other day, there's a new bookkeeping software out called HighBooks, and should I try that? You know, what about free agent and things like that? So my view on this is that I'm software agnostic. You know, I'm not going to, you know, rave about one particular software and say that uh, this is the B's and E's, and you know some people get very evangelical about software. At the end of the day, it's just software. We're using it to make our lives easier uh, and our clients' lives easier as well as a result. So whilst it's working for us, fantastic. And yeah, if you are a zero-only practice or a QuickBooks-only practice, that's great from the point of view of yeah, in terms of making your uh, making yourselves quite efficient because you know there's if you're using multiple software then naturally there's some inefficiency going to creep in because your people have to uh, work with different types of software and therefore they're not really going to become masters of all of them you know uh, jack of all trades master of none type thing so there is some merit in having you know either one software or another software or maybe just two softwares in our practice we actually have a mix of both zero and quickbooks given that a few years ago you could get the quick Books license is pretty cheap. I think my practice manager signed up for quite a few. So we put most of our kind of uh, property clients are on QuickBooks because they're quite, they have some decent reporting when it comes to property. I think for CIS, uh, QuickBooks is quite good as well, my team tell me. But for our kind of larger clients, VFO type clients, we use zero. So we're in kind of both camps. We don't use any of the others. I think we've got one on FreeJ, FreeAgent maybe. But by and large, it's either zero or QuickBooks. We have decided not to exclusively go in one camp or other. And we have, you know, people in the team who are uh, more kind of experts on one compared to the other. So my my views on that is yeah absolutely if you're just using one that's okay um, I'm I'm wary of getting you know too evangelical about software you know there's some people are quite diehard you know zero fans would go to zero con and take the whole team and you know everything nothing but zero and zero is the best thing since sliced bread fair enough it's a decent piece of software but at the end of the day it's just software and you know software uh, at the end of the day they you know, they have boards and they'll they'll do what's in their interests. Uh, and we've seen that, you know, in terms of uh, some of the decisions that they have made that have uh, uh, put um, accountants in uproar and made them less, uh, you know, chummy with the likes of uh, of Zero. So that things ha- things happen, and we've seen that with Go Cardless as well. In terms of what's happened with Go Cardless, the chargeback situation where people were uh, saying that Go Cardless is the best thing since sliced bread, and now people are looking at alternatives. So. Yeah, it's although it's fantastic and it is much better perhaps than the its predecessor that it uh, knocked off the block a decade or so back in terms of you know being the challenger against the likes of Sage etc. But now you know the question is now it's the incumbent and it is the potential you know market leader when it comes to this kind of market has it uh, you know is it now following the footsteps of someone like Sage who uh, thought they were too big to fail and now zero is it becoming the dinosaur I don't think it is just yet I think it's still it is um, still innovating and uh, hopefully going to keep serving us for many years to come and making their product better uh, but that you know I think we should keep an open mind on these things and uh, there's no harm in uh, having an alternative potentially to fall back on or to kind of spread your wings as they say to manage your risk 
that said, I think it's calculated risk if you're all zero. I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. Uh, you know, like I said, it does bring about efficiencies, but also to be mindful that, you know, what if something were to happen? What if they suddenly raise their prices, uh, you know, by so much? And on the subject of that, because I know, you know, some accountants get an uproar to say, oh my God, you know, zero price has gone up by so much. Well, you know, if uh, at the end of the day, right, it's it should be making your life easier and you should be able to more than cover the cost of the zero subscription within your monthly fee and if you're not then you're undercharging so we actually have now have that as a separate line item to say well you know the client the clients you need you need some software to be able to submit back returns therefore these are the options available to you if you go for zero if you went to get zero yourself you've been paying this price you can get it through us for you know a little bit less we obviously get a much bigger discount but they you know we it's win-win because we are getting we are able to 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 get the the volume uh, pricing and uh, discounts for volume purchases so we should clearly benefit from that and the client doesn't have to pay full price we give them a little discount discount as well so it's win-win so it was a recharge that cost and anytime there was a price rise recently by zero so we went in our back end on go proposal and it made sure that we increased the price to reflect that so you should never be out of pocket for the cost of software and just be you know uh, if it goes up, then you put your prices up to clients. It's as simple as that, really. If they had to go out and buy it themselves, they would be paying the same amount. So just making the client aware that that is the software element included within your uh, package. So they're aware of what, uh, what makes up their monthly fee. Um, so they shouldn't have too much to quibble about on that front. But apart from that, I think, uh, yeah, that's my take on the whole zero QuickBooks thing. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Which camp are you in? Are you exclusive zero? Are you exclusively QuickBooks? Are you a mix of both? Are you neither? Are you, uh, you know, in, in bed with another piece of uh, bookkeeping software? Let me know. But either way, you know, that is the way to go in terms of us becoming masters of uh, of bookkeeping, of managing the finance function, because that's where the value is. That's really where the landscape is going, that uh, businesses don't want to have more than one contact they don't want to have an accountant and a bookkeeper and somebody in-house they just want to palm it off to someone to deal with and have one point of contact i.e a firm doesn't mean not just one person but like you know not having different entities to deal with and the bookkeeper saying oh i don't know ask the accountant and the accountant saying oh that's not my job that's the account the bookkeeper's job and then somebody in-house saying oh that's not my job that's you know uh, the, the accountant's job to do that you know for small businesses that is just not a an efficient and a tenable way of working. So we've certainly found since you know ten years ago that that's been the way to go, and we can charge some handsome fees because we are essentially managing the full finance function for a client. This is akin to them having their own finance team. How much would it cost for them to have a full-time bookkeeper, thirty thousand pounds, a bit of a finance manager, add on another ten thousand pounds, a bit of a finance director, add on another faith, forty thousand pounds. You know, it soon adds up to uh, six figures nearly and beyond. And if you can offer that service for a quarter of that, say 25, 30k, then that is still very good value for your client. And that's why I believe that's where the value is. We've certainly found that to be the case. We knocked our auditing registration on the head back in 2017 to concentrate more on this VFO, VFD opportunity. And certainly we have uh, benefited as a result and it's allowed me to uh, to to expand without having to bring in more specialist type labor you know when you are auditors you need to have uh, you know qualified individuals you need to have uh, you know all that all the regulation that goes with it i as a as a partner need to be a lot more involved as that responsible individual whereas with the vfo type stuff it doesn't have to be the case you know I, my team members are more than capable of handling the work so i don't need to get involved and therefore our clients are well served and the work itself 
is uh, is managed within my team who don't have to be qualified chartered accountants uh, they are qualified by experience they are very competent and able bookkeepers able to do management accounts cash flows that sort of thing and therefore we can uh, earn some handsome fees and be highly profitable as a result so if you're not doing that already then uh, you definitely should be <laughs> and uh, if you want to know exactly how I deliver it how we price it how we deliver it how you communicate the value of it using the brochures that I developed then you get all of that when you become a member of the pack so if you want access to all of that you know what to do come and join the pack otherwise hope you've had value from that oh I did say I would let you know whether that client came on board now I was being very presumptuous last week by saying that she would given how our meeting went and I am pleased to report that she did indeed come on board yay so I got a wahoo at the the uh, start of the week after she had the second meeting with my colleague Brendan because he was going to be her day-to-day -day contact that went quite well we dropped it on her say um, and so in terms of what happened on that call he got on that call and I told him to uh, just you know keep it brief in terms of right okay get from her what she wants to whether she has any remaining questions after my meeting with her and uh, I said she probably want to know what it looks like day-to-day -day working with you she probably want she wants to meet you to kind of see who she's going to be talking to so she had a few more questions about the service how to you know what it would be like how to you know what the channels of communication are which are all good questions when clients are asked prospective clients are asking you questions around the details of the delivery of your service that is a good sign and that's how you want to structure your sales meetings so that you get them talking about the how they envisage working with you what it is like working with you when you start to hear the questions from them around the delivery of your service you know that they are asking those questions in order for them to be able to make a decision to work with you and they want to be sure that they're making the right decision so if you're getting those kind of questions, you're on the right tracks. If they are just asking you lots of advice questions, then you know they're just picking your brains and probably going to go elsewhere. And that's why you need to be able to control the conversation so you don't let the control go in their hands when they can just ask you whatever question they want and use it as a consulting session instead of a uh, sales meeting which is what it should be and you should be taking control of that conversation anyway I'm pleased to say she came on board she took a few things out of the proposal but still came on board um, and not not a huge fee it's like three grand fee uh, for managing her company but she's only kind of starting up got a turnover less than a hundred thousand uh, pounds at the moment so and uh, no doubt she will grow and as she grows so will her fee so that was a um, pleased report that um, that went well and thankfully it did otherwise um, I would uh, yeah, perhaps have egg on my face talking to you that <laughs> she hadn't come aboard. But thankfully, all went well. All went to plan as uh, as we thought it might. Okay, hope you got value from that. And uh, take care. I'll see you on the next episode. All the best. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you want to spend more time together, get access to me personally for your questions, access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants all helping each other, then come and join the pack, the Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshood.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.